0: Want you want a podcast I got a smart cat you want a podcast I got a smart cat you want a podcast I got a smart cat you wanna you wanna you wanna you
1: wanna you wanna do you want a podcast do you wanna show do you get your laugh from
0: computer radio with this bro Scotty Mo? it's about time to lose your shit. everybody's progress plans for that legend Kevin Smith Welcome to Smodcast, I'm Kevin Smith. All right, we are still in conversation with the boys of Tesdy, man. With me again, as they were last week on Smodcast, as I was with them last week on on their Tesdy podcast and also on their Patreon. We're back to finish our conversation, and I swear to you, it finishes with this episode and stuff, uh, here on Smodcast and on my YouTube channel where you're watching this. I'm sure a lot of people are like, holy shit, I've never... We, we never shoot smodcasts. so like this is huge. This is a big bonus for, for my people. I'm sure your people are used to seeing you because you guys shoot your Patreon all the time and you shoot little sketches and, and fucking movies and make records and shit. So much to talk about, kids. We've known each other for so long and stuff. And even though we've known each other for so long, and even though, as I was saying, later on the podcast, you'll hear it, and I don't get to complete that thought, but since we're doing the beginning of the podcast now... <laughs> i can close i can close i can bend time and close the circle <laughs> and now i've spent so much time talking it up i forget what i was going to fucking say god damn it what was it what was i just talking about no. hour three is me going wait a second what the fuck was i just talking about which is going to be really ironic for the rest of this conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> walt may have just won his argument in advance ladies and gentlemen should quit while i was ahead <laughs> in any event the third hour of our conversation uh begins now so there was that that was the first uh, i think it was jordan who raised that concern jordan was just like well brian is now penniless and i was like what do you mean brian's got all that i said i literally said brian's got all that comic book men money and she goes brian spends all his comic book men money and i was like ah, i guess that's probably right because he doesn't really have another job like walter always had another job when comic book men left town he was at the stash. And he's responsible. Yeah. You're, you're the other guy who's just like, comic men's gone, and I'm going to take eight months off. <laughs> which, was, which I utterly respected. I was like, that is so true and on brand and perfect for Brian. But so when it ended, Jordan was just like, Brian is penniless. And I'm like, that's, that's not... I wasn't like, that's impossible because I knew <laughs> that you didn't have another gig and shit. But I was like, no, really? And so uh, I don't know if I spoke to you well i had to speak to you about the cancellation of the show mm. so i think it was there that i was like what are you going to do because jordan was the first one that introduced the notion of money and so when i spoke to you and i was like the show's canceled and shit i was like what are you going to do about a job and you're like i don't fucking know and this uh, it, it thrilled me and made me laugh so hard because you run you know maybe they're still hiring at the Hazlitt movie theater and i was like <laughs> brian you've been on fucking television you can't go back to being a manager at a fucking movie theater although that would have been kind of hot you know people coming in and tearing tickets and they're mm-hmm. like I'm were you in the you entertainment all- industry still. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good line. Um, or it would have been the this, this sad, remember when Jason was like fucking delivering pizza after Mallrats and people were like, weren't you in a movie? And he's like, yeah, five bucks. <laughs> he still talks about it. It still haunts him. He like, yeah. you know, he's that's he's long past that, but he still carries that like across. So um, once it was once, you know, I, I'm certainly not responsible for Brian's well-being, but like I had, fattened up this calf with seven seasons of a TV show by being like, there's always free money to be yourself, Brian. And then one day somebody pulled the plug. It's never going to rain again, right? (laughs) Oh, Brian, you're fucked. (laughs) So the the Patreon people had been uh, working with Jordan, who runs our company, and trying to do a Kevin Smith Patreon. And I was just like, what was then just simply called a paywall. And paywall always turned me off as a concept because I'm like, no, well, I started this shit free, giving out free podcasts. I can't fucking suddenly start charging people. How we make our money was my old philosophy is from the live shows. It's very much like mm. fucking uh, uh, uh I don't want to call it IJ impractical (laughs) jokers, um, in their relationship with like the commercial, the show is a commercial. The live show is the filthy fucking lucre. So same thing with the podcast for me. Historically, the podcast had always been, you know, we do ads, but the ads really just cover the fucking storage of the podcast. Nobody gets rich off the ads. Um, where the money was, was they listen to the show for free. And when we're in town, they come fucking see the show uh, and pay us to see a live show. And we get to keep that money and stuff. Um, When they were like, uh, when Jordan was like, you should do this. This is smart. And she's like the smartest person in our world and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I get it. And like Mark Maron had went behind a paywall and a few podcasters had ducked behind the paywall, but I was still trying to hold out for like, you know, it's free and funny. That's our slogan and fucking, I can't like do it like that and stuff. And, And so she'd been riding me for like four months and like kind of built quasi versions of what it could be and always presented them like, this is what it could be. And I'm like, still, there's a price tag, I can't do it. This is what it could be, this is a price tag, I can't do it. And she's like, well, that's the point of the Patreon. It's like, these people can support your art. And I'm like, I get support for my fucking art elsewhere and stuff, blah, blah, blah. So this went on for a few years. Then all of a sudden this happens and I was like, hey man, why don't you do the Patreon thing with fucking Tesd? I was like, cause they got an audience that buys shit. They had everything to do with those two albums. Cause I remember looking at those two albums and being like the fucking balls of these kids, they made fucking (laughs) records, which means somebody bought those records. Cause if I know Flanagan, (laughs) he ain't buying a bunch and letting them sit.
1: Well, yeah, when he... When but I, it was, but it was Quinn. Idea. Quinn yeah, was as the, as the one that drove the album. Telling me, and I was like, no way. We're not doing albums.
0: <laughs> well, how <wrong> was I? <laughs> and, and the moment you saw it worked, you're like, move, Quinn. We're in the album business now. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I too, right? <laughs>
0: right? We're
1: going to roast you. But it was seeing that. It was
0: seeing the records and realizing and like in conversation... Uh, after conversation with Jordan, cause she was always dialed into what you guys were doing and stuff. And she was like, their audience like pays for things. Like they, you know, she's like, your audience pays to see you when you're live, but like their audience is like more ardent, more hardcore than your audience. Like in a way it's, it's tighter. I.e. I, I, another word is smaller, but it, like that sounds dismissive, but it's a tighter group, but it falls into that direct philosophy of, if you can find a thousand people to pay you one, you know, every month to do whatever it is you do, quit your job, because that is your fucking career. So at that point, I was like, you know, I, it, this ain't for me, although it is now. We have that Kevin Smith Club, and, and we there's a, a paywall world that I'm in as well. Um, but back when it started, I was like, this ain't for me. I was like, but this might be fucking perfect for like TESD and stuff like that. That also, well, that came directly from a stoner, himself who was stoned when he said it but then the person who built it with you guys who walked you into patreon and said fuck up is a massive fucking stoner herself so in that long conversation i was like well i i I hate to trace every nickel back to stoning but like marijuana (laughs) i said your money is marinated in marijuana it's any money to be fair though walt maintained the walt like line where you know he wasn't like you won me over fucking kev not with any of that. The one thing that did reach him, though, was a personal thing where I was like, I'll tell you right now, weed has probably helped save my marriage. Like it's, you know, I've been married over 20 fucking years and I anybody you, you've you been married longer. So you're about the only other person in the room that could fucking talk to this. But like it is not easy to maintain a relationship with somebody. For that fucking long. I'm doing fine. Yeah. Welcome, about- welcome, <laughs> welcome, newbie. Um, and also to be fair, like yours is a different situation because you came to it, not to put a fine point on it, but so late in life. Mm-hmm. That you bought her on a website that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but you did. You came to by the time you came to it, there was no like, we were young and dumb. What was I thinking, or some such sort of shit? You were. You're old Old and and fucking dumb. And she was dumb enough to fucking marry you. And so old and dumb, man and bam. And that was the one moment that reached him. He was like, you know what?
1: Because that three-hour conversation, two hours of it, was you being like, I can talk about Spider-Man or Six Million Dollar Man because I was high. And I'm like, Kev, I know you. We you would talk about those things and you would still say. All the things you did if you weren't stoned. Yes. So I, I wasn't. But, gonna, uh, but to be fair, I, I, I wasn't like that's that, like, the
0: only reason I did it. That's true. Because Walter, one of this, and this was the part that was like this. This to me was adorable and heartbreaking at the same time. Walter's Walter like uh, was talking about me being an addict, and I was like, "What are you fucking talking about?" Because I don't. For for the record, anybody who doesn't realize, I obviously don't subscribe to the theory that fucking weed is a drug and it's fucking very (laughs) tame and shit like that and it's not the 80s anymore so i don't think like this is a hardcore fucking drug but my uh, at one point he was like um when we were doing comic book man you couldn't fucking come upstairs and record before you had you had to go downstairs and smoke weed in order to come up to the table and fucking have a conversation and i was like oh my god walt if you would Ever just walked downstairs, you would have seen that was not the case. I was like, literally, I put on my makeup and I, I blazed a joint every fucking time. But it wasn't like if I don't do this, I can't do that. It was like, this is amazing. This is going to take it to fucking paradise. Because as I explained to Walter, I was like, with comic book man, I was able to close circles in time. I was able to loop time back. So the notion of could you imagine if we got to sit around that, and just, that just talk sounds to each like other a
1: drug that just sounds like <laughs> it's know, not a drug It's stoner talk though for sure yeah, definitely stoner talk like, like, I'm going
0: but i was like com- can you cosmic. imagine could you imagine? <laughs> yes, Spidey went cosmic. I can go cosmic too. We're all cosmic. We eventually all go back into the cosmos, my friend. We're all just energy that goes back out. So you'll be there as well. You're cosmic too. And, and based on and, yes, and based on the curve we're on, your learning curve, you'll pick that up in 20 years. What that like? That I, that you'll I, sound like me in 20 years. You'll be like, you know what? Kev was right. I am cosmic. By doing what? Oh, I'm not saying weed for okay. sure. <laughs> Salt for sure. (laughs) he has said that spices are a drug that was that was the one part of our conversation that i was glad i was not way privy to is how like, I remember you being against him, like doing pills and shit. And I was in that with you. So I was like, you know, fucking. Yeah, that's Everybody's bad. Everybody's against me. Mm-hmm. Not me. I was giving you money. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> like, I trust you. And that's a good friend right there. Right. But the but the when like, I didn't know that you went at him about like weed and shit like that, because I would have been like weed. What? Like, that's oh, my but God. I, Let him I, have his weed. I don't reason. know.
1: I, I saw a different I mean, it could have been other things, but, you know, that were causing a different bry. Different side of Brian, it may probably was, but oh, in his case it was fucking pills, bro. No, no, this was after pills. This was after pills. When he was was just a weed smoker. Christmas or the Christmas. It was the Christmas before, and... Uh, it's
2: more about mental instability. Yeah, I think
1: it's probably, yeah, probably, but I, I, all you're I like, could see was... I was, was frustrated
0: like, with my friend because he was depressed. No, no, no. <laughs> no, he was... How he was,
2: does it
1: affect
0: me? No, that's my question. I completely
2: understood his reaction afterwards, because we, we went out... Reaction was, to what? I'm missing a piece to, of data. Not yet. Did you have a fight or something? No, no, no. We uh, went out kinda. to get something to eat. Well, I'm talking about what spurred it on. Uh-huh, we, yeah. we went out to get something. You're talking about this, right? Yeah, it's all one big ugly enchilada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we went out to get something to eat and I I had I was having a hard time with frustration and problems, like especially at restaurants and shit. So when You're we, the guy
0: that fucking didn't you throw water at some lady for their yeah, cigarette at the table mm-hmm. or some sort of shit. But she put water on me so I dumped soda that on her. It. My bad, my bad. <laughs> uh
2: but I I have a low tolerance, so when somebody takes a long time to get to the table, I'm like, What the fuck? And you know, I'm like looking around, but it's like I don't I don't kn- it doesn't register what I'm doing. It registers with other people. So when like he got mad and he was like, oh, I'm never going out to eat with you ever again. And at the time I was like, why? What the fuck? But like, after I got medicated and shit, it's like, "Oh, okay, now I understand. Like now I understand why he would be like, this is not something I want to be around.
0: Cause it's were, weird. It's fucked up. Give me an example. Cause I don't think I've ever seen it. I'm not saying dredge it up, but what is it like? Like how different than you are you at that time?
2: Uh, I don't know. I would say pretty different. Yeah. Pretty different. And I guess um, you just in an angry yeah. way and like irrational anger in a moment about something that's inconsequential. All like, right. like, and ult- ultimately I should have, like I, w- I was there with uh Gidham and Walt and Sunday, Jeff, and we went out to eat
0: like, <laughs> from Jesus. off camera oh. out of the voice of babes. Oh and we that went, fucking day. <laughs> we went out to eat
2: after having just delivered some money to an orphanage because we did a Christmas thing and we went into an orphanage and gave them the money. And instead of just like being like, wow, that was in fun, a and a and moment. asking sitting yeah. 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 down of there like,
0: <laughs> I've closed a loop in the cosmos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm bending <cosmic>. time. Bending <laughs> yeah. time. That's what I said too. Yeah. I was like, Walter, I was it. bending time. I said it like
1: fifty thousand times in that conversation. <laughs> it, was it was such a great time. notion, and he didn't react to it the first time, so, <laughs> so I kept leaning in, to sell sell be like, it. did you hear me say I'm bending time?
0: It's a comic book thing. You should like this. I gotta, I gotta know. I know you. Just before we end this podcast, I gotta know what happened when you hung up the call on your end it, like like what is that like to get yelled at by wolf flanagan it wasn't yet but i Chided. mean, here hear it it <laughs> was it was a three-hour call and the first hour was we were we were like battling about something completely unrelated to weed that then brought up fucking weed so once the weed conversation started then we went another two hours which i was happy that it went longer with that conversation than the previous conversation but I was, and I, I don't mean this in a dismissive way, you obviously know how much I worship you and shit like that, but I was incredibly bemused because I was like, I'm talking to somebody from the year 1982. Like it sounded like somebody who had just listened to Nancy Reagan sit on <laughs> Mr. T's lap and be like, don't do drugs, kids. And so the whole time I was like, like, doesn't he realize the whole country is about to go legal? Like this this shit is tame. It's like tamer than cigarettes. Well, you it's have to beer. look
1: at it from my point of view. I've seen, I've seen people that, I knew before that they were doing this and didn't need this, and now it looks like they need it bad. Like who?
0: <laughs> like me? <laughs> <laughs> but do you feel I I need it bad, or do you feel I like uh, it I don't bad. want to mention any names. I, <laughs> well, that's it, the difference. Yeah. So I said to Walter, I was like, because Walter was like, I was a bad friend and I should have fucking told you and shit. And I said, Walt, if I'm an addict to, uh, to anything. It's fucking food. And you never said shit to me yeah. when I was a big fat fuck. And he was like, that's I'm not supposed to say shit. to." You. I said, I'm not saying you should, but I'm saying you can't feel bad about telling me like you shouldn't smoke weed because you never fucking said, why are you eating like that? You're going to fucking die. I said, I wound up almost dying from fucking eating food. And I called Walt like last week. I had to take a week off of smoking weed because of I had periodontal surgery. So for a week, why I, why can't you smoke weed? They just they don't let you. Like, I think it's the sucking action, right? You can create an abscess through sucking, but you can also heat your gums and, and then they won't heal. And, and can so you, can w- you do edibles, I could have, but I don't really fuck with edibles because I don't do anything for me. Because I this this, I, this this doesn't really help my cause. But I usually have so much THC in my system that an edible won't really have an effect on me. <laughs> so there it is. So I ha- so I'm off smoking Wait. for like a week. And at one point I called as him up. As if he's been vindicated. I know. I know. As if like you're right. I'm wrong. So I called him up and we were talking about something and I was just like, Hey man, I just want you to know I've been off weed for like four days. And what I really want, what I, what I feel my addiction is, is sugar. Cause even though I've had mouth work, like all I want are fucking sweets. Like I want to eat a cupcake. So fucking badly. I said, weed, I'm not even thinking about, but the cupcake I fucking want and stuff. So that, that was weird because there's no one in the world has ever been physically addicted to weed. It's impossible. You can't get addicted. to I, weed.
1: I, I don't, I don't you, subscribe to that. You don't have don't to. But science either.
0: tells us that you literally sci- cannot physically science is, be dependent.
1: It can be political, too, though, and there. There could be many the, reasons. Not in why this.
0: Is, what? Who, who who's the, benefiting from that? Stoner
1: scientists.
0: Oh, but they're yeah. apparently losing, though, because the world is still run by non stoner scientists who don't well, subscribe not to that losing
1: theory. because everything's going to be legal. Somewhere. I hope
0: so. Fucking soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, we only have uh, 12 states so far. But no, that's that's legit science, not crazy science. It's just you f- cannot physically. It's not like alcohol, which has a physical yeah. addictive component or heroin, which is definitely physically addictive. I mean, if you're if they throw you in a jail cell to dry out for the night, um, if you're a drinker. They will give you booze mm-hmm. because you could fucking go and you can have a heart attack you could go into withdrawals physical withdrawals that could kill you heroin they won't give you anything because you can ride that fucking out you're going to be uncomfortable you're going to throw up and shit they give like you some
2: it. box on sometimes well
0: but even if the, if they're if you're just in like in a drunk tank and they're like fuck oh, you we're no, not giving no, you no. nothing they won't they'll give a guy who's a drunk a drink but they won't give a junkie a drink and nobody fucking gives anything to stoners because there's no physical dependence so if i was like i haven't smoked weed in 24 well, hours be like, a mental dependency you know well that's a great question do i have a mental dependency i don't think so because in the course of a week i was never like where's my fucking weed like it, it wasn't the first thing that occurred to me the first thing that occurred to me was the comfort comfort eating that is my biggest and really in, in my perspective my only addiction after i stopped smoking cigarettes and that was the other thing you never like were like you shouldn't smoke cigarettes either so it was cute that you were I mean, like don't it's, smoke weed I think it's it was like, like bambi coming at me
1: it's kind of like <laughs> foolish to, like any any a man as smart as you yes knows you shouldn't be smoking cigarettes
0: well, yeah you're right and i stopped but it took me a while i said to be fair i was stupid that i started i started so late in life it wasn't even a high school thing i started at the flood at the nor'easter Cause I fucking stayed, you know, in, in highlands overnight in my house and was underwater and shit like that. And then in the morning I got up and I was like, I might as well go to quick stop. Cause I, it's depressing being in fucking highlands cause we were underwater. So I walked up the hill and fucking walked to quick cause Both of my cars were flooded. And when I got to quick stop to open up, the toppers didn't come cause they too were fucking trapped in Manalapan or whatever the fuck. And there was a line of people. And for a quick stop, as soon as I opened the door, every one of them were cigarettes. And so, like, by the end of that day, I was like, if people will come out in this fucking holistic weather, cigarettes must be amazing. <laughs> and I tried a Winston. And and uh, th- then I slowly started smoking. I stopped smoking. And cigarettes, carcinogens definitely would have killed me. My doctor told me he was just like, you have the, uh, the you know, the L.A.D. My L.A.D. was fully The occluded, which means that's cholesterol and shit like that. So it was all Little Debbie Swiss delights and fucking oatmeal pies. (laughs) Crap food was in my (laughs) L.A.D. But my heart, he said, he's like, oh, I can tell that you used to be a smoker. And I was like, I used to be. I was like, I smoke weed because that don't count. I said, why? He goes, because it's about nicotine and carcinogens. And I was like, and you could tell. He's like, I could see that you used to. He's going, but it's clearing up. When was the last time you smoked a cigarette? I was like, oh, fucking 10 years ago and stuff. He's a good thing. He's like, because if you'd been a cigarette smoker and this happened, I could not have saved you. Your heart would have fucking died and stuff. Mm. So, and my doctor, and I've said it in a few places, but my, my not my cardiologist, but when I went to see my GP after the heart attack and shit, like after, like a week after I was out of the hospital and shit, um, I, I said, look, I didn't want to bring this up with my cardiologist, but I got a different relationship with with my GP and shit. She's cool. So I was like, I just need you to be honest with me because I hadn't smoked weed at that point in over a week, right? Because I was like, maybe weed created this heart attack. I didn't know. I didn't think it was my unhealthy living condition in terms of what I (laughs) ate. I was like, maybe weed did this. So I asked the doctor, I was like, before I had the heart attack that night, smoked a massive fucking cannon of a joint. I was like, could that have that anything to do with it? She goes, no, quite the opposite. It probably saved your life. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? She was like, anybody told that they're having a heart attack. The first thing that happens is your blood pressure immediately fucking triples and compounds because you're like, I'm dying. And people wind up dying because of that. They panic themselves into a worse condition. She was like, you were so blazed that somebody told you you were about to die. And you were like, wow, man, like, um, well, I guess I've had a good life and things are sweet like I was real introspective I wasn't like you gotta fucking save me I was just like well like I'm 47 and that's younger than my old man he died at 67 a heart attack I said but like I did cool shit and I had cool friends I literally thought about the people at this table everybody at this table and on my on what I considered to be my deathbed when I was told you have an 80 percent chance mm. of dying tonight and only 20 percent chance of walking out mm. so at that point I was like all right odds are I'm not leaving this fucking place so as I sat there while he was like, you know, mind you, I was on drugs, but the drugs they gave me, they put me on fentanyl. I didn't even know I was on drugs. After the words I came out of the room and Jennifer was like, Oh my God, how are you? I was like, I'm fine. She goes, you must be really high. I was like, they didn't give me nothing. I did that whole thing sober. And the guy was like, he's on fentanyl right now. I like got to here. So I was on fentanyl. So I guess there was a drug component. there involved and stuff, but they keep you in twilight. They don't put you out. So you're I was able to talk to him the whole time. And 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 like, I'm sure that irritated him and shit. because I was like literally narrating the the end of what I considered to be the end of my life and it wasn't weepy it wasn't like why it wasn't schindler's list where i was like one more pin this would have saved a life i was like completely and totally satisfied like i was like i i it was better than i ever expected and better than i deserved and better than i was going to be given at birth and everything was just like a fucking joyous run of like we get to do this we get to do this and i was like yeah it ends fucking early and shit like that but You had it so good. Don't be that asshole at the party. That's like, you know, fucking You got any more beer. Like, just leave when it's time to go. Like fucking I had a good time. Push back from the table and fucking leave accordingly. And so I reached this place because I did. I'm no bullshit. I was going through my life and not like my life flashed before my eyes because there was no movie. But I was sitting there going like at any second. This is it. 80 percent means that any second like I go and there's no warning bell. There's no him going like, Oh shit, look out. It's like the widow maker is, it has nothing to do with the skills of the surgeon. It has nothing to do with the health of, uh, of the patient, the lifestyle ones lived. It's like you either go or you fucking don't. And there's an 80% chance you go. So the whole time I'm like, well, this is it and shit. And I did get to think about my whole life. And I thought about, I can't think about the adventure. And I always talk about my life at the beginning as if like it began with clerks and stuff and of course i mean professionally speaking but it began before clerks with you guys so as i sat on the table one of the things that literally made me at peace with potentially rejoining the cosmic (laughs) was the fact that i was like I, i literally said this i bullshit you not i was like i had such good friends like it made it okay to fucking stare into the face of the void and be like all right fucking What more can you ask for? And then the motherfucker saved my life. And suddenly I was like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Because I was ready. I wasn't even like, I want to die. But I was at such utter peace in a way that like, you know, everyone's scared of death and shit. You know, I don't care who you are. Somebody's like, "I don't fucking fear death. Nobody wants to die because nobody knows it's on the fucking other side. And I least of all didn't want to die because I've had a good fucking life. Like, I don't want to stop being Kevin Smith. It's fucking rocked and shit. But faced with the notion that it was going to happen, one of the things that made me go like, you know what? I can do this was the people at this table. Um, that I would never come to that conclusion. If I wasn't a stoner, I wouldn't do that kind of thing. Like, you know, I told Walter at one point too, I was like, well, if I wasn't a stoner, we wouldn't even be friends anymore. Like, like people get into my line of work and they get competitive and they start cutting everyone out of their fucking lives and I held on to my friends that was a big part of my shtick as we all know and stuff and involved them all but then there came a point in my life where fucking shit the bottom fell out and that was when like you know post cop out and shit where I was like oh nobody's into these antics anymore or anything like that um, in that time I had to come to grips with the fact that like it'll never be like it was but it could potentially be something else. If I didn't, if I wasn't a stoner, I probably would have been like, I gotta, well, fuck, that movie lost money. I gotta fucking make a movie that makes money and shit. I gotta get on that track where you make a fucking movie that makes money and I gotta get one. And desperation breeds contempt and and failure as well. So I'm, I'm not Tom Brady where the whole world's going, you fucking suck. you know like, watch me win the Super Bowl and shit. I don't have those skills. I've never As much as I love Gretzky, I never identified with the skill level of a Gretzky. What I identified with is the humanity of a fucking Gretzky. I think that's the thing that I was most drawn to. So the notion of like, you know, I, I have to look out for number one and make sure that this career keeps going. I would have fucking let everybody go. Like if I wasn't a stoner, I would have fucking threw everyone over the fucking boat to save me and myself. And because I'm a stoner, you can see every fucking connection and you can, you can, what is it called again? Uh, bending time. Thank you. You can bend time. <laughs> I said it so many times. I don't even remember the phrase. <laughs> you can bend time back to the essential important moments. Cause that's all it comes down to life comes down to very important moments that shape the rest of the moments. I
1: think at one point, before we both go cosmic, yes. we're gonna have a conversation and you're gonna realize that you didn't need weed to do all that. If you could flip me, that'd be amazing. I I'm not gonna flip you, it's gonna be something else, but I don't think it's gonna be me. What but would it be? Who knows what it'll be? But I think you'll come to the realization that like, that you, you weren't a person that would throw everybody overboard to save your career, because I can't see <laughs> how-
0: I don't know. I don't know. But you guys never you guys never saw trapped rat Kevin Smith, (laughs) you guys. (laughs) Seriously, you guys were out here like blissfully fucking living your lives on the East Coast. And I was dying a million deaths on the other side of the country going like I'm irrelevant. Nobody cares about me. Fucking I'm done. The Internet hates me. I had to deal with a lot of fucking like the world turned on me at one point before cancel culture began. I got fucking canceled twice once for fucking too fat to fly. And once for like <laughs> picking a fight with film critics, which both of those I still fucking reap downside uh, fucking uh, what's the opposite of benefits? Uh, I still oh, the, just, liabilities.
2: Liabilities. Oh. There's still yes. There's, uh,
0: there's still liabilities that come out of those two experiences. Like uh, and and so yeah, I I was in a well, in a very trap bad place.
1: Rat, if that trap rat actually you know sunk. Yes. It probably would have been um, a, a, a a difficult period that would have stretched on. But eventually, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, that, you know, the, that, that I became friends with, yes, would have resurfaced, not, res, not you know, but, but would have realized that, like, I don't need to throw anybody over the board to be to be perhaps. To
0: be. But perhaps by then it would have been too late and I would have already thrown people overboard
1: possibly but i mean you would have probably have uh if well, the people you threw overboard you probably would have contacted
0: and made it right i right the fuck back up on that boat or yeah <laughs> but by the time i would have contacted it would have been like hey i'm 65 how you been it's been 10 or 15 fucking years and stuff and although we, it's not like all of us or any of us talk well you guys talk fucking all the time but it's like not like i see you or see you or see you on a regular basis or we talk on a regular basis and yet i still consider you Some of my closest fucking friends in the world. So, being that, if I had gotten to a place, and this hypothetical is going way down the road, where I did like a trap rat, throw everybody overboard and shit. Me coming back wouldn't have meant anything because you guys would have been like, "Oh, this fucking guy. Of course he comes back now or something like that." I Maybe. don't think so. But I mean, that, that's that 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 being neither here nor there. The in terms of what might have eventually happened if I came back and stuff. But I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you for a fact. <laughs> I know that's like that's that's what provides fucking fodder for the for the podcast normally. But I feel, I feel, and since I'm in the position to make the call i think my take is a little more accurate on it i feel like here uh there'd be no patreon if i wasn't a stoner not because i'm like i'm a stoner that came up with the idea i wouldn't have given a shit that he's out of money and shit i would have been like what the fuck i just lost a tv show i'm out of fucking money fuck him everyone everyone fend for themselves and shit but because i was a stoner i was like what's gonna happen to Bry?" It was like the first fucking thing when somebody brought up the notion of money. But,
1: but that's saying gee, that's painting yourself an inaccurate picture of the man that I became friends with, though, who just cared about himself, though. Before we before,
0: but think about it. When you knew me, uh, this this version of Kevin Smith that thankfully never came to be would be the one that was so predicated on I need to get back where I was. I need to be this guy that everyone loved and was the golden boy. That I would have eventually. Pfft, cast everything to the side to chase that goal i know people that do it i see it all the time in my line of work man people where it's no longer about like i just want to tell a story it's like i gotta get back on top i gotta fucking be i gotta make this if i don't have a hit i don't fucking matter being a stoner really allowed me to be like it's all right that not everyone loves me anymore because a lot of people still do and i'll just work with them and for them hey man it's me kevin smith let me just get serious with you for a minute um you never realize what you have until it's gone and i'm a man who knows a thing or two about loss i'm sorry to say just like how two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35 man i know that feeling for heaven's sakes it happened to me and i wish god how i wish that Keeps.com was around back then. That's right. K-E-E-P-S.com, man. The good folks at Keeps, they want you to keep your hair. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash smod to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's Keeps.com slash smod, K-E-E-P-S. Dot com slash smod to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash smod. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash smod, man. Let me tell you something. These Keeps people, I'm, I'm happy for them. I love what they're doing. Um, I just wish that I could have taken advantage. I don't have any hair worth keeping at this point, kids. If I did, I'd be knee-deep in it because Keeps offers... A simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. Man, you don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just 10 bucks per month. And Keeps offers generic versions as well. Discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Man, prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, man. So you want to act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash mod. K E E P S dot com slash mod to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash mod. K E E P S dot com slash mod. Get your first month free, kids. Keeps going to let you keep your hair. Keeps.com. K E E P S dot com slash mod. Keep it. Don't lose it. Don't feel the loss that I feel. Keep your damn hair, man. Keeps. And so it gave me perspective, healthy perspective that I wouldn't have had if I didn't have a haze of fucking smoke around me, because I'd be fucking forced to deal with well, these negative feelings anyway. Though, which conclusion?
1: That it's okay if they don't, if, not never. Everybody loves and never, why?
0: People. It never fucking occurred to me before that. You were the first person that made me go like, oh shit, that's why I fucking started hanging out with you and him. Because you're the first person I ever met that didn't give a fuck about what other people thought. And I fucking loved that. I was like, this guy, he don't give a shit. He's fucking like, he's got a mullet and he fucking reads comic books. And he's older than me. I was like, he don't have a fucking license and I do. And he does not I give didn't a need fuck.
1: A license. I didn't give a fuck. He man, he's fucking <laughs> rightfully so. You had like get him junior myself driving you around New Jersey.
0: <laughs> But then in addition to that, there was a guy who also didn't give a fuck in a completely different way. While he did give a fuck on some ways, like what I recognized in Brian was, oh, my God, he's as embarrassed as being himself as I am. But Brian is much better at projecting out on others and distracting you from the fact that he doesn't like himself and stuff. And so I always thought that was incredibly charming. And I don't he doesn't put people down to like make himself feel better but brian I ask
1: mike and Ming. yeah <laughs>
0: well it, yes that's true we do have a whole entire seven seasons of a tv show with brian doing exactly that but it was both of your like for lack of a better description commitment to being yourselves i mean this is a story you probably don't tell but i tell i used to tell it on stage like all the time i was like i i am so weak-willed and I so don't know who I am even to this day I'll be 51 in June I'm still fucking figuring it out what I was attracted to about you and you was you knew exactly who the fuck you were and as I say on stage all the time I'm like I as somebody who didn't have that being around that gave me support like that was something to aspire to like these guys don't give a fuck. They really don't give a fuck. And it's not like they're losers and they don't give a fuck. But it's like they just didn't give a fuck across the <laughs> boards. The comics thing was huge because I'm like, but no, everyone fucking makes fun of adults that read comics. And he didn't fucking give a fuck. And you were just like, shit, like you epitomized not giving a fuck. But deep down, you did give a fuck. And that's that's if, if you were just like some person that was like, fuck everything, I don't think I would have been like if you were a nihilist, I would have been like, well, Brian's fun once in a while. But <laughs> like, I don't like to go to dinner with him because uh, sometimes those conversations are pretty dark. But at the that's why Randall is the way he, he is. Randall is the most cynical human being in the world. And my favorite moment in anything I've ever made is that moment in Clerks 2 when he fucking goes, I buy the quick stop and reopen it myself because that's the guy who like plays it like this forever, wearing his heart on his sleeve for like the first time. And so you don't do that often. I can't point to like a moment in life. Obviously your marriage is one of those moments, but I can't point to a moment in our history where it's like Brian fucking profoundly like said or did this and shit. But I always knew that that was at work in you. Like recognizes like, and I saw that in you. I was like, oh, he he feels as awkward about himself as I feel about myself. But the difference is he's fast, quick and clever And so fucking, you'll never know how he feels about himself. And in fact, he includes himself in on the joke and puts himself down at the same time. That's what's brilliant about it. So not only can he fucking ratify his false conceptions about himself by being like, I'm a fucking loser too. But it also makes him bulletproof to attack anybody else in the room because it's like, you can't attack Ming. He's like, why? He attacks himself. He literally just attacked himself. So of course he can go after the next guy. Um, That Those... Those character traits fashioned and built me. I don't get to do the things that I do without that. When you're like, if you didn't smoke weed, you would have done those things. Bullshit. I know that for a fact, because I know like, I wouldn't have even gotten as far as I did without weed without fucking people to be like, yes, that is how I can be. Yes, that is how I can be. Um, and that gave me the fucking fortitude to be like, maybe I can make a movie. Something I was so terrified to say to both of you, because i was terrified that you'd be like you know that's fucking stupid and it wouldn't have been stupid it would have been the 90s or 80s equivalent for that word but (laughs) but i I would have been talked out of it so easily because i'm like they're fucking right man if they think it's stupid then fucking why are we doing this and i shouldn't be thinking about this so i kept it quiet as long as i could until i was a week away from going to film school and then i was like i'm going to film school because i want to make a movie i'm gonna come home we're all gonna make a movie together And the two of them looked at me as if I was like, I'm gonna slip under the table and suck both of your dicks, and you're gonna have a sword fight in my mouth. Whoever comes first loves me the most and shit. They just had this fucking look, like, what are you what are you talking about? And shit. And I had to kind of explain that, like, on the down low, I've been applying to film schools because I didn't want you to find out. I didn't want Brian to find out that I tried stand-up one day, which is in the documentary, which made me laugh so hard. In Malcolm's doc. At one point, you're like, he later on years later he told me he went and did stand-up i'm glad i didn't know i wouldn't have proved (laughs) but it, it was you know you you take what's useful and you perhaps overlook what's not and what was not useful of course was two guys who were like don't do anything at the risk of looking stupid because this was a person that wanted to enter a field that's all about Look at me, I'm stupid. Like, you know, entertainment is essentially fucking that. So I took like my the my key character traits or the things that I would hang my new version of myself on because this version of Kevin Smith doesn't even resemble the one that Ernie went to high school with. Um, and this present version of Kevin Smith probably resembles a little more closely the version of Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith 2.0 or whatever that fucking launched when we met and stuff like that. But it was the fortitude that i chose to cling to i didn't cling to the weakness of like he doesn't like himself why would which always befuddled me because i'm like most fascinating fucking man i've ever met how does he not love himself like the rest of the world how does he not have the joy that he derives from others people in his presence just fucking get happy and shit like that and then it's like it's back to the old like Poliacci, sad clown thing like the guy who goes to the fucking oh I'm so sad doctor I'm so depressed and it's like well you should go see the great fucking Poliacci. he's an amazing clown in town and you're like but doctor I am <laughs> Um, I left that behind and, and in your case I left some of the more judgy shit behind and I, and I focused on fucking like the things about you that I was like that's who I want to be that's who I want to be that's why I know that if you had ever said don't go to film school don't fucking smoke but, weed but, but, I right. would have been like he's right I shouldn't do these things
1: I didn't do any of those things
0: thank God absolutely yeah. but I I wasn't the one that brought it up you brought it up when we had that conversation where you're like I fucking should have told you and I've it, it has haunted me ever since in, in in a way of like like I'm like I can't he, he if he ever lost a moment's sleep or ever fucking thought about this beyond the conversation we had it was wasted time because nothing but positive has come from smoking weed in my life and i think i've illustrated that like uh, pretty well but also i could point to the fact that like i don't know like have you ever gotten in a fight when you've been stoned no no it has
2: a very calming effect
0: it really does and again i ain't trying to sell you and shit but it's like it's it's not what we were told in the 80s and it's not Oxycontin or fucking heroin and it's not (laughs) even liquor. Which, you know, don't get me started. I could fucking do... Our, I, I'll become you on the subject of fucking alcohol. And I don't mean owning a brewery. You know, I don't mean owning a brewery. Give me the hard stuff. Right? Yes, I'm talking about the harder liquors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liquors for the Q, yeah, not made by Q. is like the weed of <laughs> yes, liquor. Beer know? is the absolute weed of liquors. But it, it is. It's like, uh, you know, that's where I go hard and shit. Where I'm like, well, fucking booze will kill a motherfucker and shit like that. Because it's literal poison. So I could get on a high horse about that and stuff. But the thought that... Like that you would have been troubled in any way, shape or form of like, I should have fucking done something. I could have interceded. A, would have made for a less happy Kevin Smith who might not be alive because I'd still be smoking cigarettes. So I'd probably die of that fucking widowmaker and shit. But also he might be wealthy, but you guys would be fucking broke because <laughs> like, all of the jobs came from weed.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. As green as know. this
0: wall is, that's as green as your money is, my friend. <laughs> Um,
1: uh, again, I think that at one at one one day we'll come to uh, have a conversation where you'll see that weed was not his the,
0: ability to dismiss the last <laughs> half hour of <we laughs> totally <him>. fine. <laughs> last I mean, half hour <laughs> Fucking last twenty-five years. But regardless, he's absolutely right. We will have a conversation one day. I don't know that I'll be like, hmm, you're right. I you put too weed. much um, emphasis and
1: importance upon weed that and didn't give yourself enough credit that you could have done all those things i'll do you one better
0: than that you take weed out of it i don't give myself enough credit period like you know fucking jordan says it all the time she's just like um i've met 500 people that made clerks and none of them are you according to you because i'm always like without this motherfucker clerks don't happen without this motherfucker (laughs) clerks don't happen without this motherfucker so i'm always like fucking doing that kind of shit but um i feel like this is how i explained it to walt and it's an analogy that i've become very fond of I could eat spaghetti plain like spaghetti is edible and physically satisfying. Why would I ever eat spaghetti without sauce? Sauce just improves it. Doesn't It doesn't mean I need the sauce to eat the spaghetti, but my God, it just makes it better. It makes it so much vastly better. The closing, what was it called again? Bending time well, reference was all about me going like. We're literally sitting around a table and getting paid money to sit around and talk about comic books. That's a fucking magic trick. And not everyone is ever going to pull that magic trick off. Smoking weed was not like, this is the only way the magic trick works. Smoking weed was my way of being like, thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Like, that was a fucking magic trick to pull off. So I enjoyed getting high before I sat around and talked because it was like, it made a great thing even better. But also, as I pointed out during the conversation and Walter touched on it, I talked about like I could sit there and fucking soliloquize about Batman and Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. And Walter's right. I could always talk very passionately about things I was passionate about. However, being that we were new to the TV business and the game was about content and creating as much content as possible for them to shave down into the shows, being a loquacious stoner Helped that show. If I had not been a stoner, I'm not going to say we wouldn't have made it seven seasons, but it would not be the show it was because I'd be like, that's interesting. What about you, Brian?
1: I mean, literally, but you realize literally for the last hour, every single thing you equate to weed, though. Yes. Everything it feels like. Yes. That's not
0: normal. It's not, but well, but my whole life's not normal. Clerks ain't normal. Fucking dogma's not normal. The fact that a kid from Highlands became like fucking. Internationally known, and I get to dress like a child for my, li- for my for my living. But, but there's thousands, That's not thousands of Kevin Smiths out there in other fields. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you! I'm telling you how special you are. Like you're one of a million, buddy. Yes, there are many of us, and guess what? A lot of us are stoners as well. It's I'm not saying it's necessary at all, and I don't say it's the key. But I'm just saying, like it really did. Allow all of this shit to happen. It
1: didn't. You fucking were, you were stone cold sober when you made clerks. Yes. You clerks. I'm talking
0: about all this shit. Like we're in a room with your green screen in it. I can draw you in half and I'll do it for another two hours, a direct line from weed <laughs> to this. We're talking about your world. Yes. But clerks happen. But again, clerks is a magic trick, right? And I've, even though I keep spending that coin that I've, you know, fucking created by saying the word, I say clerks every day and have for like 27 years clerks ran out of cash a long fucking time ago and then i made mall rats and that fucking died and then chasing amy brought me back and then dogma Jane, and samba shake back jersey girl kills me again um clerks two brings me kind of back zach and miriam make a porno doesn't kill my career but kills me inside where i'm like this is i'm fucking i am this guy i'll never be apatow that was the whole year where i was like apatow does what I do, and he and makes good. more money. Yeah, and well, and he does it good, too. And yes, <laughs> no, no. Good, I no, no, understand. No. Yeah, that, That's true. But I'm believe me, I'm happy to be me. But there was a time in my life before I was a stoner where I spent a lot of fucking time thinking about like why Judd Apatow and why not me? Just like in 1995 when Mallrats died, I spent an inordinate amount of time worried about the career of Ed Burns. I remember that. <laughs> yes, remember he that. haunted me. He was my fucking, like, you know, Lex Luthor. And the guy like had nothing, didn't say anything about me. It wasn't a personal battle, but he had the next Clerks and that movie made more money, oh, was it? Brothers, Brothers, Brothers McMullen. McMullen. And that made 10 million bucks. We made three. And suddenly he was the new golden boy and shit. And plus he's more attractive, like Tom Brady, good looking. No and way. he also has no a wise He That's has a model crazy. wife, <laughs> just like Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> He's G- G- bigger than Giselle. Uh, what is her name? Christy Turlington. Yeah, well, yeah. Pretty yeah she's, yeah, she's yeah. right up there. I don't know
1: my supermodels other than Giselle.
0: <laughs> You're like, I know one supermodel and she belongs <laughs> to the goat. Um, yes. But it, wait, how did we get on to fucking supermodels? Tom Brady. No. Ed Burns. So Ed Burns like haunted me and was something that would like take joy out of my life. Because I was like, well, what's he doing? I, I spent the first half of my career... Looking over the fence, worried that I was going to lose everything that I have. Because once you get something, I had nothing and then I had success, and then you never want to fucking lose success. And I had the sweetest success, which was like first time out the gate with an amateurish, like spit and glue effort. The world was like, You're a fucking genius. And I'm like, Thank you. And then the next year, we're like, Ed Burns is a genius. And I'm like, Wait, that two of these things can't be true. I saw that fucking movie and shit. And so suddenly I start judging myself against others. When I became a stoner, I've I've never judged myself against anybody else. Now I'm content to be Kevin Smith. Now I'm content to be like you guys were. Like to be like I know who I am. Like and I'm getting a better understanding of it now. You guys know who you fucking are and stuff. Now I'm in a place where like oh I know who I am. I'm Mr. Compassion. Um I'm I'm Mr. Collaboration. I'm Mr. Hope. I'm Mr. you know Ben Time Cosmic. Like those are the things that like are more important to me now than like where am i in the directorial period pyramid i don't even fucking think of myself as a director anymore and to be fair most critics don't either but i spend so many other plates and that also came from weed that freedom allowed me to like let go of movies in a way where i could interact with them where it wasn't desperation like if i didn't have weed and it didn't lead to everything else and shit like that my only source of income would be fucking movies and so i'd be treating the thing i love like an ATM, like a prostitute and shit. And I, that was the one thing that bugged me about the movie business in the beginning. I was like, I love this shit so much, but it's like, I literally have to do it now. I'm dependent on it because this is what pays my rent. Becoming a stoner allowed me to be like, movies are just something I also do, but I can make my money standing on a stage talking. Now, I did go on stage and talk for long before I was a stoner. We all know there are a series of videos of me doing it, but I submit to you, watch An Evening with Kevin Smith, and then watch like anything I've done in the last like 10 fucking years I'm so laconic and fucking like I can't be bothered to answer your question but I'll tell the Superman story one more time <laughs> like it's a kid who don't appreciate it because he's so scared it's all gonna fucking go away and he's also fucking scared of like are they gonna think I'm a fucking idiot or something him going like, I don't want to do comic book men because what if they make us look like assholes was something that I completely identified with and at a time would have made me go, you're right, let's not fucking do this because the worst thing that could happen is we might look like assholes. <laughs> but being a stoner, I was like, I don't care, we're going to have a fucking TV show. We're going to have a fucking TV show and my fucking friends are going to sit around we're going to fucking talk about comics in my own comic book stores. It's amazing. So it, it only helped. One day we may have a discussion where I'm like, Ah, oh, you're right, I didn't need it. But that would be like saying I didn't need spaghetti sauce, but fucking I loved it. I'm glad spaghetti sauce existed because it made spaghetti so much better. Butter noodles, that's for other people. Spaghetti sauce for me. <laughs> um, that was uh, that was that was the conversation. Two hours of the conversation, but um, it, it was, and it didn't end with him going like, "You're right." You <laughs> <wouldn't> <laughs> at all. End that way tonight. You <laughs> have, <laughs> tell us that, Cap. We do. As sure as if we were listening to the conversation. that's So did, true. And- These two guys are sitting there going, you poor son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I know what act three is. i like, he only got off on an hour of bad shit?
2: <laughs> two. To be fair, oh, was two. To-
0: But it was also like, you know, one of those things where I was like, oh my God, like, I've known this guy for close to 30 years, if not more than this point, 30 years and shit. And like, I could count on exactly maybe two fingers the amount of times we've ever like pitched voices and fucking like went at each other or something like that. And that's where this came from like came from a place of like, I'm so fucking mad at you. I'm going to tell you the truth, mm. which to me was also like that. I was scared in the minute. Cause I was like, what is the truth? Like, <laughs> cause I honestly, the thing I was most terrified about, I was so relieved when you were like, I should have fucking stopped you from smoking weed. Cause I honestly thought you were going to be like, I never fucking liked you. And I think you're a fucking idiot. That would have fucking destroyed me. Cause I was like, I knew it. I knew it all this time. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get high.
2: Fucking first. I got to better <laughs> time, better <laughs> <laughs> time. Is that
1: true? Yes, because that that does uh, does does play into like your your the feeling of like not knowing. Because how could you not know that I would ever never say that though?
0: Because I I mean, as much as we're friends, it's not like I see you every day. Right, not, I've, I've moved away like literally twenty years ago. And if you really trace our all of this back, all clerks, uh, fucking Smodcast, Tesdy, comic book men, not so much impractical joke jokers, <laughs> uh, although. You know, it's in, you, it's in the mix. Just in the mix. and
1: smoke one of those big fat ones. You might be able to come up and be like, "I got IJ 2 <laughs> <Yes.
0: laughs> <Yes. laughs> I, I don't need. I don't need fucking smoke to come up with IJ two. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me going quink. Can we do it again? <laughs> <laughs> but with my friends? Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, no. It's it. It is. I, I imagine uh, yeah, there's just I mean, I don't amusing. know that's that's that is troubling though that you would even <laughs> I did I, honestly, I was scared about that because you were so angry, and also the way you were setting it up, the setup that
1: was, yeah, that was the was probably the angriest call that we'll probably ever have in our life,
0: probably, yeah. I got I fucking hope so because I don't yeah. know if I can make it through another one, but I'll be honest with you, the first hour was more harrowing than the second two, the second two made the first hour palatable because afterwards like for the first hour i was like oh my god we're literally fucking fighting i not I, I can't remember fucking last time i've raised my voice with this guy but when it went into when you got so mad that you were like fuck you you're a, a stoner addict everything got peaceful because i was like oh no i'm not <laughs> like you know he's got me on the other thing but here i don't know i don't think i'm that at all and it became a warmer conversation to me even though You know, it was filled with me defending myself (laughs) and our lives and all the money we've made in the last fucking 10 years. But it was still it came from a place of concern, like at the end of the day, like we're all having a laugh and shit, but it literally did come from a place of concern. You may have been mad in the moment, but fucking you were mad enough to be like, I'm going to fucking spill a truth on you. And here's my truth is I'm concerned about you. And it could be paired with judgment and as much as you shouldn't be doing this or whatever the fuck. But it ultimately at the center was concerned and that that took a load off because i swear to god that was one of the things that went as you were because you said it twice and you're like i'm not gonna say it. you know what i'm just gonna say it. no i'm not gonna say it. and then you're like i'm mm. fucking saying it mm. and i was like he's he's that would be that's honestly the worst thing that i could imagine is like our friendship has been a fraud like fucking it's all predicated on, i don't fucking know you or something like that and i was like i i don't think i can handle that you going like, you smoke weed. I'm like, oh, I can handle this because I do. And I can talk about it to great lengths and stuff like that. But the first, the first hour was was tough. Second, hour two and three was, I found illuminating. And honestly, I feel one of the best conversations we've had in years. Because I'm like, he doesn't have to agree with me, but he knows me a little better now. As opposed to a guy from the other side of the country going like, He's smoking too much weed and not having a single fucking yeah, perception of other than there, seeing there was me. a
1: bit more weight to why you were doing it than other than just like, I can't talk about Spider-Man unless I'm high, which to
0: be fair, <laughs> that's not what I said at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would never say that, <laughs> you know, mall rats is proof that that's fucking not true. But I said what made, I said, it was great that I was a yeah. starter, particularly during that because I would go on fucking like very grandiloquently to the point where I looked across the table and the two of you were like fucking come on just fucking wrap it up we get it fucking yes wrap it up and shit so i know like uh that that, that's what i was referring to not that like i could never talk about this shit until i found weed um but yes a very charming moment in our friendship a very necessary fucking moment and honestly a necessary conversation not so much for what was talked about but just that we talked to that long as well not just like how are you good? How's the store great? What is tesdy up to? This and just information conveyance. This was the kind of conversation we used to have. Remember, when we sat around fucking Quick Stop when me and him weren't talking at all. Yeah, Walter would come to Quick Stop like you know, and at nine o'clock, and we'd close at ten thirty, and me, him, and sometimes Ed would be sitting there till two in the morning, either in Quick Stop or in the parking lot right outside, with him going, "You got to call Bry." you have to be the one to call Brian. I was like, "Fuck, he should call me. And like he'll never do that. He's not that guy. You just you are that guy." And I'm like, "Well, I'm weak." And he's like, <laughs> "Well, not weak, but like you should call him. He, cuz he's not going to fucking call you." And did that for like hours. That became like one of the constant conversations in the year that Brian and I didn't really speak and stuff. Um and then I called Brian after I went to the forum and I was like, Hey, you got to come to this. And Brian yeah. went and he was like, I ain't doing this. It was yeah. like one of the things where, you're like, you graduate, you got to invite people. And, and, and like, it's a, you know, not a scam, but it's a pyramid. They're mm. like, you bring in fucking more and you bring in more. So I brought him and Mosier. Mosier went and did the forum, but Brian never did.
2: I went there and I was like, this is. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. This is like new agey shit that I can't get behind. Very I'm too cynical. His reaction
0: would have been the only reaction that would have been worse or more implausible would be his. If I was like, "Let's listen to this lady talk about how she's going to destroy us in three days and remake us," While like, "Fuck this." <laughs>
1: you never asked me to go. <laughs>
0: well <laughs> you know i mean i'm sure sh- i i used it to be able to speak to him for the first time yeah. so like that it was a good thing it wasn't so much like i think brian will love this <laughs> but it allowed me to call up brian and be like hey how are you and i was like oh how are you and it to brian's infinite credit you were right for a year you've been let just fucking call him if you just reach out everything will go back to normal as quickly as i swear to you i was like no no no. he has to do the calling. and when i did call him Everything did go back to normal as quickly as possible, like fucking so much so that he's like, yeah, I'll take a ride up to this thing with you. And then you remember driving home and like there was a prostitute was on the side the of the road club, and he yeah. started talking to her. <laughs> You're like, Pull over. Let's talk to this toothless prostitute. And Scott Mosier had just met Brian and he's just like, is he always like this? I'm like, yeah, that's his thing. He's like, hookers. I'm like, no, just talking to people. <laughs> Poking around and shit. She was um, in the
2: middle of nowhere. It was like on the side of a highway in a parking lot. And you lot gave of- her
0: money too. And yeah. not like here's money for a blowjob. You're like, take this money, go home, stop doing this, he said, and shit. And she had multiple missing teeth. Yeah. And so even though he kindly gave her money too, he was like kindly suggesting uh fucking dental work, I remember at the time as well. He was like, you know, you should really see a dentist, but not in a fucking shitty mocking way. Because I remember driving home, Scott was just like, Why did he talk to her like that? And I'm like, he's interested in people, he, he likes talking to people. Liking talking to people uh, is what has gotten us all so far. All of us spend our lives spending money earned from simply talking to people. And that circle has gotten much smaller. In the case of, the case of Quinn, he at least talks to total strangers mm. in the world. By yeah. virtue of his work, he's forced to talk to strangers. Yeah, yeah. Look like an asshole all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking pays. It pays. Um, these guys, like the though, though, I like, oh, go ahead. Created your own world. You literally have your own fiefdom where you never have to worry. And i don't think you do anymore but it's probably still built into your dna you never have to worry about worried about looking like an asshole or somebody being like well he's fucking idiots and shit your audience like would watch you read the phone book to borrow a fucking tired old cliche they would here. your audience would watch you fucking uh read about the the, the, hot, the violent deaths of their loved ones and still you'd get a laugh out of them where they'd be like oh brian you've done it again um, it is uh, it's incredibly unique. And, and I'm sure you guys don't spend a lot of time staring at it and stuff like that um, because, you know, you're in the thick of it. But somebody who's an outsider who's been witness to it the whole time is nothing but fucking impressive. Um, the things that you guys have built for yourselves, uh, the things that I built with your fucking help and who knows what's fucking next. That's the thing. It's like you couldn't have even seen a green screen wall. 25 years ago or fucking 10 years ago or five years ago and yet here we sit next to a green screen wall what happens five years from now i'm not asking for amy all four walls are green that's when we go cosmic <laughs> <laughs> um there it is folks if you've been listening to this very long ass podcast you can watch this very long ass podcast in one of two places it starts over on our youtube channel but the rest of it, you gotta watch, and we get into good shit and whatnot. If you're hearing this, um the rest of it, you can watch at uh, the Tell em Steve Dave Patreon. What is it called?
2: Yeah, Tell it's patreoncom Dave. Is that what it is? I know
0: Ralph's is like patreon.com/the the, the, Ralph, the Ralph the Ralph Report or something like that. Um, the address one more time. Most of the audience, of course, that listens to fucking Smogcast. There's a big crossover with Tezzi. However, yeah. there are a bunch of people that are not so. This is a chance for What's sales. Up with them, man? So, I know. <laughs> well, the, believe me. After all this, they've listened to enlightened. That's yes, yeah.
1: that's
0: they are. They have. I don't know how to bend time. You guys are bending time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're fucking missing out. Give them. Give them the address again, where they yeah,
2: can go. It's uh Com slash tell Steve Dave. And there's so much good shit on there. Merchandise uh, and videos and podcasts.
0: You're and, not kidding. It ain't just hype. He ain't just saying that in a way of like, oh, fucking come see our shit. Like they literally have. A bunch of shit
2: too right it's like it's it's not like you only get this month's know, shit it's, it's like, like
0: three years worth of fun. three years yeah. worth of stuff is that right so if they join now do they get yeah. like an old lamp and shit no no no, no. Well, <laughs> like the content, the content. The content yeah. is new yeah. i was like how many lamps did
1: you no. make we got a lot of skulls not <laughs> a lot of lamps.
0: that's what it'll say on your grave We you got a lot of skulls not a lot of lamps 300 different fucking pieces, pieces of, of media content. yeah yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, man. Um, all from fucking talk. All from just sitting around and fucking talking. All from weed. Yeah. And weed yeah, as well. Second boy. half came from weed, as we all know. I won't go down the rabbit hole again. I don't but think <laughs> any of the
1: 300 pieces of content have any anybody's uh, under the influence, are they? Well, I don't know, you guys. But it was all
2: born. <laughs> under <laughs> the influence. All born under the influence.
0: Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's tainted from the start. <laughs> Certainly the audience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. hey, don't judge them too hard, man. Good paying customers. <laughs> Oh, what
2: is Tattletales? Yeah, oh, Tattletales is yeah, great. did a
0: great. riff
1: on Tattletales, and, and explain. Is Tattletales the game show? Yeah. So, uh, what was the riff? I, I think. Well, we did a like a, a take on it, right, right, with, right. A, with a bunch of, uh, of people in our universe, and uh, it was get him in his fake wife. There's some life. drinking going on, and that on that set <laughs> for the very first time
0: ever. And was it in the around the table? Uh, it was outside the table, outside the set. So yeah, it didn't, it set it, set it right. didn't touch <laughs> the inner sanctum, though. I mean it. It was difficult. It was
1: difficult to deal with. I in, cosign in with in you. Curated, I, I uh,
0: cosign with you. I drunks. That's, that's my fucking. That's my kryptonite. That's when I lose. That's when I get judgy and shit. Like you shouldn't fucking be doing. That. But when, when it's your
2: job to dress up like you're from the '70s and drink, like come on. <laughs> Wait, who was the drinker? That was Frank Five. It was all. I think
0: everybody was drinking on it. Mary Beth me.
2: was drinking, and Mary was drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really, I wasn't.
0: It, rare is the man who can walk through this life and find joy absolutely unassisted. Happy is the man who can yeah. do that. Yeah. Hats off to you, Walt Flanagan. Thank the rest you. of us need a lot of spaghetti sauce to get through this <laughs> 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 um, You have just been listening to me do one of my favorite things in the world, ladies and gentlemen, and the thing that uh, when I fucking leave this world, I'll probably be like, God, I should have done that more. But it always makes me happy to know that they're sitting around and doing it uh, still in my absence and stuff. Uh, talking uh, to you guys thank you brian thank you brian thank, thank you, you walter thank you yeah, thank you for cool, taking man. the ball and fucking running with it like it's a joy to watch tes continue to fucking grow um and i look forward to yes seeing the other three walls become green <laughs> <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen is uh smodcast for this week man i'm kevin smith roy johnson frank Quinn. walt Flanagan. you go bend time kids have a week This has been a Smodco Internet production. Sip only at smodcast.com.